What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Slaw Sports Show. I'm your host, Cole Noble, a.k.a. Slaw. Happy Slaw Sports Show Saturday. We're back here on Saturday with yet another episode. And like always, we have a lot to talk about. So thank you for joining the show this week. Um, Again, just a lot to talk about. Antonio Brown is back in the NFL. Uh, It's officially two a time in Miami. Big Ten football is back. All that and more. We're now into week seven in the NFL season. Lots to talk about today for this episode. So glad to have you on. And uh, uh, just glad to have you on the episode this week. Ready for another great episode of the Slaw Sports Show here on Saturday. Or whenever you check out this episode throughout the week. Again, thank you for all the continued support of the podcast. Um, I love and appreciate all of you guys always tuning in week after week uh, to the podcast. Uh, but we're actually going to start today's episode over in the MLB with the World Series going on. Um, it's been a lot of great games in the World Series. Unfortunately, if you checked out last week's episode with me and Taylor Noble, uh, we had our predictions for the World Series um, during the Divisional Series. And uh, needless to say, it didn't pan out. Uh, both me and Tay had the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series. They lost Game 7, so the Dodgers made it. Uh, so already shattered our predictions. But we had the LA Dodgers against the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series. Already now we're into the fourth game today. Um, so already just booking it through the World Series so far. Uh, but game one, you know, LA Dodgers had an 8-3 big win um, over the Tampa Bay Rays, led by Clayton Kershaw, who was back. Six innings pitched. Uh, you know, and gave up two hits and one run against the Rays. The Dodgers really dominated that game. Um, you know, Bellinger homered in the fourth, uh, just kept scoring into the fifth. Mookie homers in the sixth. They were on a roll on offense and and um, and pitching in game one for the Dodgers. And then we go over to game two. The Rays gave them, a, you know, a piece of their own medicine. Rays take them down 6-4 in game two. And then last night, game three on Friday, the Dodgers come back and beat them again, 6-2. So the Dodgers are up 2-1 on the series right now against the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Rays, they got to start putting together some offense here. Um, these next couple of games, they got to start taking advantage of the Dodgers. Uh, the last thing they want to do is get up to a game um, 7 and have a chance to have Clayton Kershaw back on the mound. So the Rays have to start working here and now starting tonight. Big matchup here. Um, going into game four for the World Series uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays. And, of course, for the L.A. Dodgers here, can get a 3-1 stranglehold on the Rays in the World Series with a win tonight as well. Uh, so whenever you check out that game uh, or check out today's episode of the Slaw Sports Show, uh, that game could already be over. Uh, but if you check it out today and uh, get it as soon as it comes out today, um, kick, uh, first pitch is at 8.08 p.m. Uh, tonight. Um, again, August 24th on Saturday, Game 4 of the World Series. Make sure to check that out, uh, depending on when you listen to the podcast. Um, but in other news, now let's get to the rest of the episode. Uh, for starters, Big Ten football is back. Uh, starting this week, the Big Ten has officially come back, and they are now playing their football season after a slight COVID delay. Um you know, the conference decided that they will return to football in the fall, not holding off for the spring. 
and they came or they're coming back today. Uh, but we already had one game down um, for the Big Ten this season, and that was Wisconsin taking down Illinois last night on Friday, number 14, Wisconsin, and a big game in his first career start by Graham Mertz. Went 20 for 21 with five touchdowns. The guy had five touchdowns and one incompletion. So Wisconsin proving their top 20 ranking already here now. A lot of people are mad about Big Ten teams being ranked. You know, you got Penn State at eight, uh, Ohio State at five, um, Michigan and Minnesota, they're at 21 and 18. And then you got Wisconsin at 14. But Wisconsin already proving in their first game that they belong. Uh, It was against unranked Illinois, but still, statement win here by Wisconsin and um, their new quarterback, Graham Mertz. Great game by him last night. Um, Just off to a fantastic start in his first career game for Wisconsin. Again, 20 for 21, five touchdowns. It doesn't get better than that, folks. And today on Saturday, some more Big Ten football coming at us. Um, Starting at 12, um, you know, you got... Ohio State, Nebraska, and again, depending on when you check out this podcast, it could already be over. As for the rest of these games, you know, Penn State, they're going up against Indiana, um, another ranked team there in Penn State, like we said. And a big matchup, in my opinion, is going to be Michigan and Minnesota. Uh, so you got Harbaugh going up against Minnesota. Minnesota, who will be playing Rashad Bateman, their star wide receiver guy who's set to be an easy first-round pick in this year's NFL draft. Uh, he initially opted out of the season, but he's coming back now uh, since they're playing in the fall. He will return. He is starting tonight for Minnesota. So look to see him making some great plays over Minnesota against that Michigan defense. Um, hoping to see him have a big game here and uh, for his season debut this year. Uh, so Rashad Bateman, best of luck to you today against Harbaugh and Michigan. Uh, but again, just great games all around college football today. Uh, make sure you check those out. Um, you know, NC State against North Carolina, big North Carolina game. Both teams are ranked 23 and 14, respectfully. Um, you know, got Ohio State or Oklahoma State going up against Iowa State. Excuse me, again, two ranked teams. Just big games all around. Bama and Tennessee. Um, you know, what Tennessee team are we going to see there? But nevertheless, they're going up against Bama. That'd be a big game at 3.30. And then you got Clemson against Syracuse. Good luck to Syracuse. From what we saw from Clemson last week, you're going to need all of it. And then Georgia against Kentucky. Watch out for Kentucky. They've been uh, able to compete with some teams here as of late. Uh, so don't don't sleep on Kentucky here against Georgia. Um, you know, Georgia's ranked four. Kentucky's unranked. But like I said, Kentucky's been putting up some pretty good games as of late. Uh, so I wouldn't sleep too hard on them. Not saying they're going to you know, pretty much win this, but I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we saw upset there as well. Uh, but again, big games all around the board in college football today. We got a huge uh, slate of games here for college football going into Saturday. And again, make sure you check out these Big Ten games. Big Ten's back, Big Ten football, something to keep an eye on with some teams already, you know, off to a six-game start to the season. Um, you know, Big Ten football has some catching up to do as they approach. Uh, the end of the season and, you know, whether or not they have the college football playoffs, which I assume they will, uh, but something, of course, to keep an eye on with these teams who are uh, pretty much behind here. Uh, So they got some catching up to do and hope to see some good football here like we saw last night out of Wisconsin. 
I hope to see some great games like that uh, for the rest of the slate today. But now let's get into the real bulk of today's episode. Uh, So we got some two big things to hit on, two big keys that came out of this past week. And number one is the breaking news coming out of last night. Antonio Brown, the all-pro free agent wide receiver, is back in the NFL. He is signing a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, teaming back up with Tommy Boy over there in Tampa Bay. So Antonio Brown is back. Um, Of course, the NFL hit him hard with an eight-game suspension back in June uh, because of multiple violations of the NFL's personal conduct policy. But Brown is eligible to come off his suspension after week eight, which is going to be next week. So if he um, passes all the COVID protocols, uh, which is looking like he's going to, he will be signing with the Buccaneers early this week. And in week nine, he will debut as a Buccaneer against the New Orleans Saints. So big news coming out of here for the NFL. Big news for the Bucs. Big news for Tom Brady as well. Gets back one of his favorite targets from last year. You know, in his one game with the Patriots and Tom Brady, the two connected instantly, forming an instant chemistry between the two. You know, in that one game, Antonio Brown had four catches for 54 yards and a touchdown, decimated the Miami Dolphins. Now back with TB12, NTB, with AB. Uh, So a lot of Bs going around here. Um, But Antonio Brown is back. And, you know, that's big news coming out of this week. You know, a guy who, when he's on his game, was one of the best wide receivers we've seen in the NFL. Uh, So whether or not we get to see that kind of Antonio Brown come back here this season for the Buccaneers is uh, we're going to have to wait and see on that one. But nevertheless, this is great for Antonio Brown. Um, You know, he hasn't played, like I said, since that one game last year uh, before getting getting cut and never got signed to another team the rest of the season. Um, He's had a lot of off-the-field issues, you know, his sexual misconduct, um, his misdemeanor charges, battery charges, um, you know, all spanning the last two years. But it's good for Antonio Brown. He's back on the field. Uh, Hopefully he's got the mindset back. Um, You know, he's been having counseling and treatment and trying to get right back on track. So good for him being back in the league. Uh, So hopefully he can, you know, reinvent himself and the NFL. And, you know, signing this one-year deal with the Buccaneers already, you know, into week seven of the season, not set to play till week nine. You know, this is his his only chance right here to reinvent himself in these last couple of games with the Buccaneers. And, of course, looking like going into the playoffs. Uh, So it's going to be big to see how he can reinvent himself uh, with this Buccaneers offense and, you know, as a star wide receiver in this league, see if he can come back to, you know, his groove um, in Tampa Bay. Uh, But uh, with uh, with Antonio Brown set to come back um, in week eight, a lot of teams started getting interested in him this week. Multiple teams surfaced um, as having, as expressing interest in Antonio Brown and looking into him including the Seattle Seahawks and especially Russell Wilson, who came out and, you know, talked about uh, wanting to have uh, Antonio Brown on his offense for that, you know, 5-0 and team in Seattle, wanting to pair him up with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett uh, to, you know, just add another piece to let Russ cook in that offense. So Russell Wilson was extremely interested 
and having Antonio Brown join their offense. But there's something interesting about this. So Russell Wilson said that supposedly, you know, kind of behind closed doors, um, you know, he did say something, however, to the media about expressing interest and wanting to sign him. But now there's reports coming out today that the Seattle Seahawks actually leaked this information about Russell Wilson's interest in an attempt to lure other teams into signing him. Seattle didn't want to mess up their culture of what they got brewing right now with their 5-0 undefeated team. And, you know, obviously with what Antonio Brown has done the last couple of years and, you know, just how uh, teammates, offensive coordinators, head coaches have talked about Antonio Brown in the past, a guy who can pretty much could potentially ruin a culture for a locker room. And that's not something you want to see out of Seattle. Uh, so in my opinion, it was a good move by Seattle if that was the case of them leaking this information. Um, I, in my opinion, would Antonio Brown have been great for that offense with Russell Wilson, DK, and Tyler Lockett? Yes, absolutely no question. He would have been a difference maker, and that team would have been would have been an, a legit offense even more than they already are. But the problem is, is what's going to happen in the locker room. The last thing you want to do is ruin this team who's off to a 5-0 start, looking like the best team out of the NFC. The last thing you want to do is add somebody who could ruin that already this early into the season. So smart move by the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, while he would have added a lot to their locker room, uh, to their offense, his locker room pre- uh, presence, uh, I think, would have outweighed what he could produce on the field. Um, so in terms of Seattle, is a good move. Not getting him, um, in my opinion, they can just keep what they have. You know, potentially they can get Josh Gordon back here in the future. You know, we see Antonio Brown come back in the league. Maybe Josh Gordon can get another shot and come back with Seattle, a team he's familiar with. That's something I would rather see than Antonio Brown for Seattle. Uh, but going with Tampa Bay, it makes sense in the sense that he's teaming back up with Tom Brady, uh, who was, you know, very adamant about his friendship with Antonio Brown and wanting to get him back on track last year. You know, brought him into New England. Um, and like we said in that Miami game had an instant on field connection, but off the field, they have a tighter bond than they do on the field. Uh, Brady is looking out for Antonio Brown. He wants the best for this guy going forward for the rest of his career and the rest of his life and wants to really get him back on, um, on the right path here in the NFL. But something that's interesting is that, uh, at the beginning of the year when Tampa Bay acquired Tom Brady, um, You know, when Tom Brady entered free agency, he had the mindset of whatever team he was going to, he wanted to take control and make it his team, get the guys he wanted. Now, there are some issues there with head coach Bruce Arians and Tampa Bay. He wasn't really so sure of um, whether or not he wanted to completely turn over the roster to Tom Brady to make it his own. You know, we already know about the issues he had regarding Rob Gronkowski, a guy who Tom Brady wanted. Um, you know, his best friend to come with him to Tampa Bay. And of course it did, but that paid off this week against the uh, Green Bay Packers. You know, Tampa Bay won that game 38 to 10. Gronk scoring his first touchdown of the season. He had a great game um, against the Green Bay Packers. And Gronk said after the game that the preseason's over. Um, You know, we're uh, past the first six weeks of the season. Tampa Bay has been struggling a little bit here and there. Um, but Gronk said after that game, preseason's over. Uh, we have a chance here to go on a run, and we're ready to roll now. Uh, so I think that uh, kind of changed the mind of Bruce Arians. 
who at the beginning, like I said, when they got uh, Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady, Tom Brady expressed interest in wanting to also add Antonio Brown um, when he became available following his suspension. And Bruce Arian said that he didn't want him in the locker room. Uh, pretty much said he's too much of a diva uh, to have in his locker room. He didn't want to deal with um, you know, all the locker room stuff and all the stuff that comes with Antonio Brown off the field. Uh, but Tom Brady, again, is showing that he has the reins of this roster. Whether Bruce Arians likes it or not, Tom Brady is going to build this team to what he wants and now adds Antonio Brown to this offense. It already has Rob Gronkowski, like who I mentioned, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, Scotty Miller, uh, Cameron Bray, OJ Howard, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. This offense is stacked with talent. Adding Antonio Brown to that group is going to be critical for this offense to have a run here and potentially go to a Super Bowl. This is a Super Bowl caliber offense now with Antonio Brown entering that lineup offensively. And in my opinion, this is the best offense Tom Brady's had since his 07 season. Um, so Tom Brady is set now to have a great second half of the year. You know, he went off last week against the Green Bay Packers, went off a couple weeks back, having five touchdowns against the Chargers. Now Tom Brady adds yet another weapon to his arsenal here in Tampa Bay. Um, and, you know, it came at an opportune time. You know, Mike Evans, he's dealing with the injury uh, he sustained in week four. He's trying to make his way back. Still been dealing with it, uh, still hindering him slightly on the field. Chris Godwin's back. He's healthy now. And but unfortunately, Scotty Miller, their third option, has also been dealing with the injury. So all three guys have been banged up. You're now adding Antonio Brown, who presumably is fully healthy. Um, he's been, you know, out of the league for pretty much over a year now. Uh, so he's been having time to train and prepare for his return. And his return is now here coming up and in uh, week nine against the Saints. So, you know, they have two weeks for Evans, Godwin, and Miller to all get healthy. Then you add Antonio Brown to that mix. Rob Gronkowski's heating up, like I said. This team is just now poised offensively for a Super Bowl run, in my opinion. And not to mention their defense. You know, holding the Green Bay Packers, who had probably one of the best offenses in the NFL, to 10 points last week, had two interceptions back-to-back -back off Aaron Rodgers, a guy who does not throw interceptions. This is looking like a really scary team now, adding Antonio Brown to the offense. So whether Bruce Arians likes it or not, great decision picking up Antonio Brown. You know other teams are calling. Um, so the Buccaneers leaped to this opportunity, adding an all-pro wide receiver to their offense. Great move by the Buccaneers. And Antonio Brown, welcome back to the league. Hope to see great things out of you um, starting in week nine. Hopefully you get back in your all-pro form. One of the most electrifying players on the football field. Hope to see him back, continuing to do great things this season. So the next big news we had coming out of this week is coming out of the same, um, or coming out of the same state down there in Florida. But we got the other team, the Miami Dolphins, the three and three Miami Dolphins, who are second in the AFC East. They're turning over the keys. Uh, Brian Flores said entering this week, entering their bye, that coming out of their bye um, in week eight against the LA Rams, Tua Tagovailoa will be the starting quarterback for this Dolphins team. Um, and, of course, this was the case. Um, unfortunately for Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
He knew what he signed up for when this team drafted Tua. It was a matter of time to him take for him to take over the keys and be the quarterback of this offense. And in my opinion, it was going to happen during the bye week. Um, you know, because of what happened with the Tennessee Titans and um, you know all the COVID changes, all the changes to the schedule, the Dolphins were supposed to have a later bye week. And unfortunately, that got moved up now into week seven. So the plan is still in place. Tua was going to start the week after the bye. They were going to give him a full week to prepare and then a, you know, a full bye week to prepare going into that next game as a starting quarterback. Unfortunately for Ryan Fitzpatrick, that bye week got moved up. Yes, he has the hot hand. That's not the, that's not the concern in Miami. This year is irrelevant. Um, what Miami has to worry about right now is their future. This is a team who is building right now. Being 3-3 three and three and second in the AFC East with Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, if you keep staying hot, you have a chance to get a wild card. You know, yeah, that's all great. But what about the next 10 years? What about the next 15 years? What this team needs to do is exactly what they're doing. You have to put your first-round pick to a tag of Iola, a guy who's set to be your franchise quarterback. You have to get him on the field now. And uh, you know, is it going to be as is it a good idea to start him against Aaron Donald in his first game? Probably not. But from what we saw last week with Alex Smith taking the field for the first time since his horrific leg injury against Aaron Donald. He laughed at the fact, he loved the fact he got hit by Aaron Donald the first play. He said, that's how I know I'm back. That's the same thing we're going to see next week with Tua Tagovailoa. Hopefully he gets that first hit against Aaron Donald again. Um, early in that game, he pops back up, you know, gives it a good woo, gets up and says, all right, we're playing football. Let's do this. That's what I want to see out of Tua. And again, unfortunately for Ryan Fitzpatrick, you knew this was the case. Um, you've been balling out, which sucks. You know, you've had three 300-yard games. You've had back-to-back games with three touchdowns. Like I said, you're three and three in second year division. But all of that's irrelevant. This team is building for the future. It's not building for 2020. It's not building for 2021. And this team's building for 2030. It's building for the next 10 to 15 years, like I said. Um, and, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's been in this situation before. Um, you know, he's expressed, you know, his sadness and remorse all week. Um, you know, was kind of angry with Brian Flores with this decision. You knew this was coming, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You knew this was coming as soon as Miami drafted Tua in the first round. Um, you know, and from what we always see for Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's the Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's the Fitzpatrick roller coaster. Um, you know, he starts out every time we see Ryan Fitzpatrick starts out hot. Everyone's loving him. The beard's flowing. He's throwing touchdowns left and right. He's winning games. But then all of a sudden, you get to the top of the roller coaster, and then it goes down. We see it time after time. Fitzmagic starts throwing more and more interceptions. He starts losing. You know, he starts out maybe you know two and or you know two and one, two and zero. Oh. Then he goes one and four, one and five. The next games, and then you're like, okay, it's not working. We got to bench him. Where Miami is right now at three and three, second in their division, you can't risk the fact of Fitz tragic returning for this offense. You have to capitalize on where Fitz magic 
got you to turn over the keys, say, Tua, you're now our quarterback. You're now second place in the AFC East. You're now in line for a wild card spot. We pretty much paved the way for you in your rookie season for success. Now, here's the keys. Drive the car. This is pretty much um, very ideal for the Miami Dolphins and for Tua Tagovailoa. We saw him last week for the first time in action. He was two for two for nine yards in the final drive against the Jets. You're blowing out the Jets. It's the Jets. Tua should have been earlier, in my opinion. uh, But nevertheless, he gets his on-field action, gets two passes in. We see him. He's comfortable. You know, they talked about him in practice looking great. It was time. This is the justifiable scenario for this offense and for this team. You turn the keys over to Tua now, and now you have a chance to push, like I said, for a playoff spot. Great decision by Brian Flores. Kudos to you. Brian Fitzpatrick, you just got to deal with it, man. Um, You know, be the professional backup Tua. um, Be there for him in practice. Be Be there for him during the games. You know, you're the role model for this guy. And, you know, where, you know, there's trade rumors going around for Fitzpatrick, how well he's been playing. Um, you know, a good thing for him could be getting traded, uh, going to, you know, Washington, going to Dallas, um, teams that, you know, obviously need a quarterback right now. Could see him get traded. That's best case scenario for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, but his time with Miami, in my opinion, is done. They're now building or they're now in their future. Um, they're now in this next phase uh, for this offense. And like I said, it's a great decision, justified. Best of luck of Tua going here into week eight. Um, Excited to see him take the field. So those are the two big things that we had to uh, hit on from this past week. Um, So now let's look into week seven. Um, Just some big games tomorrow on Sunday and then on Monday as well. Tomorrow at one o'clock, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Tennessee Titans. Two uh, 5-0 undefeated teams set to clash up against each other. See which one comes on top of this and stays undefeated. Both teams have a chance here to prove that they are contenders in this league. See which one now comes out on top as the lone undefeated team in the AFC. Another big game, Carolina Panthers against New Orleans Saints, also at 1 o'clock. No Michael Thomas, no Emmanuel Sanders for the New Orleans Saints. We need a big game from Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara. If not, Carolina couldn't get another win here without Christian McCaffrey, who's pretty much set to appear hopefully next week um, at the earliest. And with the win, Carolina will be in a tie for second place with the Saints in the NFC South. Huge news with the fact they get Christian McCaffrey back next week. Buffalo against the Jets also tomorrow. Back-to-back losses for the Bills. Um, You know, this is a game where Buffalo comes in and just lays the smackdown on the winless, you know, dreaded Jets who have just been awful this season. Easy win here for the Jets. Get back on track. Um, have two back-to-back losses. Sunday is prime time for Buffalo. Uh, they had, you know, the Tuesday loss, and then they had the Monday loss. This is a team who thrives on Sundays. Now they get the Jets. Get back on track here in Buffalo. Uh, I got San Francisco against New England. A Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan revenge game against Bell Belichick? Question mark. 
Or is this the game where Bill Belichick says, oh, you guys are talking about me again? Yeah, let me shut you up real quick. We'll see what we get there coming out of that game. And then Sunday night football, we got Seattle against the Cardinals, two prime teams who are hot right now in the NFC West. Um, But in my opinion, Cardinals looking a little bit on the uh, overrated side. But a big win here against the undefeated Seattle Seahawks will wipe that from my memory. Um, So again, a 5-0 undefeated Seahawks going against a 4-2 Arizona Cardinals coming off a win against, you know, a team in the NFC East, pretty much, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so see if Arizona can prove maybe they're actually a team we should talk about or if they prove me right that they are very overrated if Seattle comes out and just blows them out of the water here on Sunday night football. And Week 7 concludes on Monday night with the Chicago Bears against the LA Rams. Chicago off to a 5-1 and one start, leading the NFC North. Are the, are the Chicago Bears for real? Big win over here. Um, big win here against the LA Rams could prove that to be the case. The Rams need to get back on track after the loss last week against the 49ers. Uh, see which team shows up here on Monday night as well. But for now, that's all the time we have this week on the Sauce Sports Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, and again, I look forward to all these games this coming week. Um, you know, again, whenever you listen to this, big games in college football, big games in the NFL, and the World Series in the MLB. But thank you for joining me. That's all the time we have. So until next Saturday, we will see you then. Check us out on Twitter, at Saw Sports Show. Um, Give us a like if you enjoy. But until then, we'll see you next Saturday, guys. Peace.